0: And welcome back to the Bill Reese T Show. I am excited because I have an amazing guest. Um, he's going to introduce himself. We're talking about an amazing topic today. Um, just our experience in the education arena and sometimes the struggles that we go through. And as a student, as a, a young man, as his own, you know, basically developing his own pathway, of what he wants to do with his life. He just started a recent podcast and I tell you, it is amazing. You got to go listen to it because he has such a profound thought about how the world is working right now. And anything from religions to economics to relationships, he's talking about it all. But I'm so excited that um, him and I have been able to talk and um, talk about our educational experiences and as we come young adults and young professionals, what it has done for us. So welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. How are you? Tell me about yourself. Tell the audience about yourself that is listening in today.
1: I'm Swell. I love
0: Um, it.
1: I have autism, and I'm proud of the gift of autism that I have. I am a high school valedictorian, a college graduate. I've traveled to Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, and London, England. Excellent. And I am able to be a part of disability services world i've been designated by dc department of disability services and have done two commencement speeches 14 and 23.
0: that's wonderful so i i, I didn't introduce your name antonio myers
1: yes did call me Antonio. yeah <laughs> okay
0: that's gonna say what do people call you <laughs> okay <laughs> well that's quite the accomplishment understanding that you've used your autism to push forward. You use your ability, what they said is a disability, to say no. That's not going to stop me. Um, right. tell me. Tell me a little bit about your edu- educational experience
1: in school. Let's see. I was diagnosed with pervasive development disorder '95. Okay. That was their closest understanding. The autism. At that time, and it it was I I was considered uh, socially inept at the time Hmm. as a toddler. I know that's pretty harsh. Yeah, I was gonna say that's really harsh. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's quite the diagnosis. Oh my goodness.
1: Yes and i didn't talk when they wanted me to talk they thought just come out the room (laughs) right
0: (laughs) they had this list when they wanted you to do something and if you didn't do it then during that time then something was wrong right
1: right right and so they basically told my mom that he's really not going to make it and had their ways of telling me, listening well, like a lifeless vegetable. Wow. And uh, not gonna succeed, cause he won't talk to strangers. But I was told not to, I was being a compliant kid. I, right. What's wrong with that? Exactly. That's, parents like compliant children. Exactly.
0: <laughs> they listen and follow directions. So because you didn't speak or have certain mannerisms, they assume that you were not gonna grow up and be whatever. And I'm putting in quotes. You guys can't see it. Normal, like right? Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's really hard. I don't really want to be normal. Yes.
0: <laughs> it definitely is. Normal is definitely overrated. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's a societal thing, right? So when you go to school, if you don't hit certain child development stages, Mm -hmm. I remember too, in my own experience, being diagnosed early on with ADHD and was put in special education very early on Wow, um, because I had a hard time putting words together and sounds. And I always tell that story and I'm thinking, like you said, maybe I just needed more time right? Maybe, yeah. you know, to develop at my own pace instead of people making all these like diagnoses and assumptions. It was hard because, you know, when you're isolated as a child, it made me feel sad. How, how did it make you feel, you know, being isolated as a student or as a child at times?
1: Sorrow beyond measure. Yeah. Because they, they were supposed to provide me a private education, special education by ADA Law, American Disabilities Act. Right. They did not want to do that. Right. The experts, the nice ones, because some of the experts were mean. They're the ones who said those things about me. I had nice experts who sued on my mom's behalf, took them to DC public schools to court. These public schools, they were supposed to do their job. They did not. So we won the lawsuit. They had to pay graduation tuition every year until I graduated high school Is number one in my class.
0: Wow. But so I'm so happy. This is an amazing story that you, your family fought back. Because we Mm -hmm. know in um, education, particularly public education and some private arenas, they don't want to provide the resources for students that have special needs. They just sometimes let out refuse to do it.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Good for you all, because um, maybe that set the example for the next person, you know, because you can't say, I have a, a learning disability or some type of disability, ask me to come to your school, and then don't give me any resources.
1: Like, right. <laughs> I don't even understand any of that.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it's really sad that school districts to this day, there's a lot of students that are, I would think some of them are misdiagnosed, to be honest. Uh, especially with like ADHD issues. Um, yeah. They don't get the
1: services they need. And I often felt like I was misdiagnosed. I'm like, but I, I, I was a child prodigy. I could read mm-hmm. At a 12th grade reading level in a 7th grade. Mm -hmm. So as a 12-year-old, I could read as much as 17, 18-year-olds are reading.
0: That's amazing. And so they didn't really know what to do with you, you know? And that goes back to our educational system. They're so mm -hmm. cookie-cutter that they don't have any resources. They haven't trained staff. Yeah. It's, it's really sad. And so, I mean, you made it. I'm so happy that your parents were fighters. But what about the kids that don't have our parents? You know, my mom was a fighter too. They're just like slipping through the cracks right now. It's, it's pretty sad in the educational system, particularly with black and brown kids, seriously.
1: Yeah. I remember feeling that I fell through the cracks because I was often the highest performing student in my classes. Sometimes I would get, even though I would perform well in school, I would feel bored, like I'm not being stimulated enough. Mm -hmm. I would read for fun during my free time to compensate for that boredom feeling. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they didn't have a curriculum or anything
0: extra to help stimulate your brain. And socially, you you know, they probably didn't have things to kind of help you know, you know, bridge those gaps between students. Our student, our school system, it's very difficult. And, you know, I work as an educational consultant and I train and work with teachers. And one of the things that I notice, even when they're working with students that have special needs mm-hmm. is that uh, they don't have the tools. They're like not equipped. They don't understand, um, they don't have, like I know they might take a class but they don't actually understand that world. And so mm-hmm. a lot of those kids feel really lonely And then they feel like they they're isolated. And then what happens is either they withdraw Mm -hmm. or they act out like they like violently act out or verbally act out. And it's so sad to see because it's like, don't you hear that child crying out? And then they become like behavior problems. I put that in quotes again. And then you just have a terrible cycle. What do you think was the biggest issue um, when you were in the educational
1: system growing up? um not helping not knowing how to handle students who've been abused because that happened to me Mm. sexually physically and so i had a extra sense of i gotta not be a statistic because when you're abused people think you're gonna be just like the ones who did this yes. to me and other students. Yes. Plus, autism and special needs and abuse, from what I've learned recently, mm-hmm. do have a relationship. And yeah, you know, teachers are made to feel like they got to do more than just teach because of the broken homes that I came from and other students came from.
0: Yeah, and that's that's really hard. That. Again, that goes back to teacher support. That you're you're going through all of this, all the different um, abuse and all the different emotions and anxiety that comes with that, and then you go into a classroom, and you are like all that energy, right? Like all that energy and not knowing how to deal with it. Right. Um, that's huge. Do you think there was a big difference between like high school and college, or what? You know, do you think both of your experiences were? Ex- you know, pretty much the same as it relates to how they dealt with, you know, your experience as a student, particularly with you um, having autism.
1: Well, high school was when my so- the social and general anxiety kicked in because of some experience in high school were hard because of, you know, people related to special needs, they're still to outdo each other make fun of each other compete with each other and i didn't look people in the eye when i talked to them as a teenager often i would have these aching pains throughout coursing throughout my body especially during social times and i was made to feel like a pariah because of it
0: wow yeah So how did you overcome that? I mean, you know, as I'm speaking to you, and this is our first time like really speaking to each other, I would not pick up on anything. And then once you all listen to his podcast, you just you uh, uh, you come across and appear to be strong, extremely outspoken, honest, Uh and extremely friendly. How did you overcome these things? Because I think that's the key, right? Like we all have deficiencies i don't care how normal people say you're supposed to be we all are deficient okay <laughs> you already know everybody got a problem i don't care what kind of diagnose we all got issues black white whatever um so like how did you overcome
1: um i have a loving people that become my family and the biologicals I actually get along with going to are, have gone on, and the ones who are here. I keep the connections going on either side. And I'm just a naturally optimistic person. Mm.
0: Wow, tell me more about that. Like, what do you mean, like, you know, I know what it means you're a positive person. Where did you get that energy from?
1: Um, it's always there. hmm Harnessed by the right people. Anything. Right. Over time.
0: That's so important to have that positivity. And I tell my students, when you're struggling, Mm -hmm. you know, people want to get on your nerves. And so you can't let people like, you know, you and I can talk about the spirit. You can't let people just break you down. You have to have a sense of hope and feel, you know, like you can do it, you know, and not let people get in your mind, you know, and because it could be very sad and depressing. And that's how we lose a lot of our students because they become so overwhelmed by the way they're being treated in the educational system. Um, There's a lot of, you know, a lot of academic gaps. And then you have kids that are very smart, that's bored, that's not being able to be pushed. And then you have the lack of resources, particularly in urban communities. So then Mm -hmm. it's just like, why go to school? You know, like some of them just like, why go to school? And it's really sad because they don't have that mindset. Like you said, you just was awesome. uh, You were positive and you knew that, I'm going mm-hmm. to be an
1: overcomer. <laughs> and I could uh, type 50 words per minute in middle school. Like I could look at people and type. I would talk to my teachers and type. That's amazing. And also, I, I had a cursive crown in the sixth grade. Because I saw a student get one. I was like, I'm going to learn cursive. And I got it on my first try. <laughs>
0: I love it. So you just challenge yourself. It's like, whatever came your way, you was going to challenge and say, I can do this. Yeah. And I can do that. I can do this is a positive, positive attitude affirmation. And if people yeah. are looking to this podcast, you need to get it. I am. I can do this attitude. This is so good. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? Like some people give up because they feel like they can't do it, but it is a mindset even you, you know even though it's not your mind was extremely intelligent amen to that and that is thank such you. a I'm just such a gift i'm honestly that is really a gift and you should never apologize for that um thank
1: you
0: <laughs> you know that is a gift even though people may not understand how brilliant you are it's a gift
1: um,
0: you. <laughs> but you know sometimes people may make you feel bad about that because in our world like socially that's more important sometimes how you socialize and interact versus how strong you are academically.
1: Right. So, my, my I can do it attitudes why I was the eighth grade president, seventh grade secretary, sixth grade cashier of my middle <laughs> school.
0: We need cashiers, that's right. <laughs> so that was good. You were involved in things. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel, you know, being, um, having the autism title, which doesn't define who you are, Thank do you again. feel, do you feel that, um, there's pressures or do you feel like there's like extra stress because of that? Do you oh, have to Explain it to people like, well, what's the 411 on that part? Cause I always wanted to ask like, okay, you got a label people know how brilliant a lot of students that are on the spectrums are, just to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. but what is the pressures and stress of that?
1: Oh, the dark side is <laughs> I was someone told me I should be shut up and put in a basement. Mm. Um, someone, I was called every slur you could think of for a person on any spectrum is considered disabled. Right. And I won't repeat them because they're right. unnecessary to say, but yeah, every word you could think of, even the R word, the whole nine yards. And I had extra pressure in college because I was in a I was around uh, white G O P Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I come from a successful black family, believe an education and community mm-hmm. empowerment. Right. And then the abuse thing and then my natural me being me thing all those and then society clowning me right i was super big on i can't be a failure i can't be a moral failure i can't be academic failure i can't be a failure when it comes to god i can't be a failure on anything
0: wow it helped
1: and didn't help it was a mixed bag
0: yeah so like the things that were good about you Um, But there's a lot of factors and being not only coming from an African-American male point of view, which is huge, because African-Americans get, especially males, get treated differently in education compared to myself, who's an African-American woman. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that, especially in higher education, because I also went to a predominantly white university, and I will see how, you know, the African-American males were treated versus myself. They are, Mm -hmm. you know, African-American males on those campuses can be considered intimidating, especially if they're really, really smart, (laughs) you know, and they they know their stuff and their intelligence. So, I mean, the pressures and all the, like you said, the bullying, it sounds like you experienced bullying at times. I I did.
1: Me and my friends would have to defend each other. We would have to hold each other from trying to knock out people because we were trying to go to movies and they would giggle, stare, making windows and jokes. Yeah. And I don't mind sharing this. It was, I, the bullying hurt so much. I was in a psychiatric hospital for a whole week. And, mm. But the blessing was, they said didn't need any medication because they said, well, the way you were always laughing and joking in your childhood, that kept you from needing meds it's okay to get medication if you need it if you need right it, you gotta get it but they were like oh no you're you just need some some therapy so i got the therapy my therapist said okay we're we're done you you met all the goals
0: yeah and that's a blessing that you were able to get therapy because that is so important particularly in our communities they don't always take therapy and then you have kids that do reckless behavior they're suicidal Um, There's drugs and alcohol involved. And so they take the wrong turn because of all the stuff, right? All the stuff that's inside of them. And there's so many kids now being bullied and being harmed.
1: Right. right. It's, It's
0: just really sad that the world we live in, you know, even with what's going on now, you and I know we put on, turn on the news and, you know, we're coming out of the Trump era. We're going into another, you know, new president, but all the issues that's been coming out with race and Black Lives Matter, it, it's, it's deeply rooted in our, in our, in our, in our spirits that a lot of people are hurting. So I'm thankful that you were able to get the help that you need. Um, and I know working in my field, I've had to talk to parents about getting their kids therapy because they were, there just wasn't in the right mindset. I know for,
1: also for myself, yes, i experienced racism, too. Hmm. One lady, I've heard one lady say, I wish Obama was lynched. I hate hmm. him. Another person said, I wish the South won the Civil War. Yeah. They, and really they still had still <laughs> They had the Confederate flags waving with the shotguns. I could be walking the campus. My campus, there was a bar in the parking lot across street with the college. And of course, a lot of went to the bar to have their drinks on to party. So I'm walking to campus, it's early morning. You see these guys with shotguns screaming, I love Confederacy. Wow. And I'm having trouble. I, I, a lot of times I have trouble focusing in class because mm-hmm. of it.
0: Right. Yeah, because that's like trauma, like you're worrying, like, uh, what's going to happen to me? Is this going to be something that I need to worry about? And, you know, this America, you and I talking about America, and I think we probably have a whole nother podcast about America and religion and all that issues of like, you say, you know, God bless America, God, the God I serve is kind, loving, giving, accepting, However, right. in America, I don't know what kind of God they be talking about because right. it's crazy. It's like, yeah, how, how can you mistreat people? And unfortunately you and I know because of African-Americans and how we were slaved in this country and then there was the whole Jim Crow and then we went to the civil rights movement and now we in a whole nother era called Black Lives Matter. Education for African-American students has been behind yeah. they have not really researched how we learn they have not even cared about what makes us engaged it's really sad that we have this traditional education put in place that was never really intent for us and they expect us to perform you know like we have to perform and when we don't we are called failing schools
1: Mm. And isn't that, isn't that to crazy?
0: You. It's like, I'ma need y'all yeah. to go back and do some research, get some brilliant minds in the in the room, and come up with a curriculum that actually fits the needs of the communities that you're serving.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think because of how my mind worked, I was afraid to see myself publicly. Because for years, people when podcasts, are popular, people encouraged me to have one, but I was like, I'm a child abuse victim, I have autism, and I'm black. Who wants to hear me?
0: Mm, everybody needs to hear you <laughs> because it's, it's like the untold stories, right? Right. That's why I'm happy that we're having our interview and talking because the more people talk about it, you and I know being around certain environments, they feel like they're not alone.
1: Right, right. It's
0: like, hey, I can completely relate to him. Mr. Myers, thank you for telling your story because I I felt that way too. I thought I was going crazy, but I honestly believe that people in our communities have a hard time telling their stories. And I just thank you for being open about it because we've been really taught to live in silence, if you think about it
1: right like
0: that's your business don't tell anybody <laughs> you better not go out this house and go tell my business on the street and you already know how our community can be Little, and different. we just yeah. was like private we couldn't tell our business because it goes back to even during slavery okay. they was shushing each other holding secrets because they didn't want to get in trouble
1: and abuse is often done in front of relatives from what I've learned. And mm-hmm. that, well, everything you said that's what the abusers told me that. And it was worse because they looked like black people. Yeah. And yeah.
0: Isn't that deep, look, like we are we letting the world well the world abuse us, society, and then we abused each other.
1: Right. I just
0: like, healing, healing needs to take place.
1: Yeah, and speaking of feeling and reaching God, I often have fluctuating views on God because of the immense pain i experience. There's times mm-hmm. I believe and times I don't, times I don't know. It happens every day because I have anxiety. Right. Depression, post-traumatic so stress. Right. And um, yeah, so religion is pretty hard to me.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I'm so happy you said that a lot of people have mixed views on their relationship with God. What does it mean? Because even myself being in ministry, they say, well, you shouldn't question God. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, Ooh. I need, I need to know, you know, cause I, I try <laughs> to serve a God. Why would you allow if you are all God to allow yes. these things to happen Woo. to all these amazing people out here? Yes. Why, why is this happening i am so conflicted so thank you for sharing that because i'm not the only one that thinks that and it's not that i'm being disrespectful to my my heart or my religion no but you have to be honest about
1: the why i want certainty. <laughs> and i know some people are probably to a podcast oh my god you heard you you talk about sex in your episodes how dearly. um if you have my experiences, you will understand it has nothing to do with being slanderous or uncouth or appalling. It's, these are my honest feelings.
0: Yeah.
1: They're meant to call people in, not out.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of confusion. And so, one of the things with my own faith that I do, I just pray. And I, I try to try to, un- I mean, it's kind of hard to understand the world we live in because I know the God I serve, his thoughts are harder than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I try not to doubt. I pray about it. I try to do my journaling. I try to do the work. You and I know there's work you do if you have a faith or, you know, that's all you can do is believe and have faith. You pray one day that everything that is happening will come to an end and that we don't all have to suffer this way right but then you also know that we come from such an evil world that there is going to be some suffering and some sacrifices so it's like
1: yeah
0: it's just way too much and then you got these babies in school and you got all this stuff going on with the coronavirus right now it's like is the world coming to the end because if it is let me know okay (laughs)
1: i'm wondering and overall i hope non-traditional relationship with God because of my non-traditional experiences in this mm-hmm. life. And it, and most people would understand it. I don't expect them to because mm-hmm. they don't have my pain or my way my brain is wired. But I do hope in God I just struggle with how religion has been used to support human atrocities. That thing just and how survivors are created in God's house that ooh, yeah
0: yeah yeah you write this, this some churches are sick in themselves right so it's like they're supposed to be caring for the sick and the, and the ones that are hurting but a lot of churches are sick and hurting too I mean that is so true and I mean we need to have real talk that unfortunately that you know when we think about our schools when we think about the the tv when we think about our church everything is so like dramatized. Everything is so like, you know, it just, it doesn't always connect with people. And it's so sad because we have an opportunity to allow ourselves to talk to each other. Like you and I are talking to get an understanding, right? We may not have the same views as our relationship with the, with our God, but we can talk about it and not, you know, have a negativity a negative feeling about it and respect each other for who we are. And a lot of people in this world cannot do that. They're so judgy. I mean, it's really sad to the point where we have all these students that we're working with in our country that are struggling. Um, what What would be your feedback? What feedback would you give to students that are struggling in school? What would you tell them?
1: The most healing words you can say to a person struggling is I'm with you. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you do understand their story. I'm with you. I love that, that I'm with you. And I, and I would add that I hear you, right? Like, right. Because so many times, and I know you can relate to this, so many times it's like people don't see you, nor do they hear you, and you're in the same room with them.
1: Mm. they you feel invisibility, even though your bodily presence is right there.
0: Yeah, like you're invisible, and it's like... It's like the most, the person in the room that's the most popular, that is dressed the best, that can talk the best. That I guess whoever's setting the trends for that day in the school, those are the people that matter and not everybody. And it's really sad because a lot of times we miss an opportunity to really help someone.
1: Right. And another aspect of education that people like to be is they think if you're autistic, or in, any disability spectrum that you're, that all of you are asexual. No, we're sexual beings just like everyone else.
0: Yeah, there's, the, I mean, I know it's so many random stereotypes. It's like, where did you even come up with that? <laughs> I mean, like, people be making up stuff. Do you hear me? And don't no, you be like, what, huh? I don't get it. <laughs> Like it's it's crazy that people just come up with random stuff. It's like, did you do a survey? What did you got research on that? You just And it's sad because one person will say that and then it becomes this big old huge rumor. Yeah. So we 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 move and talk and feel and think just like anybody else. We're human beings first, right? Like I have, cr-
1: I have crushes on people like everyone else. Right?
0: I, I have never in all my day. And many people have amazing families and they, you know, that on the autism spectrum, they're geniuses. They're like millionaires and they have running businesses with families. So it's like, where do these ideas come up from?
1: Yeah, I, I don't understand. And I also say to students is that if I, you know, when it's okay to feel the pain and the hurt and to and you'll still be able to have loving people in your life it's the people around you that can help you to turn out a success story it Mm -hmm. happened to me it can happen to you
0: that is so true the people in your life that can help you turn into a success story that is so good so like really surrounding yourself with positive people is going to help You know, definitely push you forward. That is so important. Thank you so much for that. I
1: haven't had a suicidal thought in 20 years. Mm. I used to have them at seven, but with me was people like you that didn't give up on you. So yeah,
0: yeah, that's so phenomenal. That even though you struggle, you recognize and so what you're saying and educators and people that are listening to this podcast your connection to another child your connection to another student matters right how Mm -hmm. you treat them how you see them how you listen to them matters you can like literally save their lives their mental state if you are willing to like take a deep breath and learn about whatever you're struggling with that student you can make a huge impact and that's so phenomenal you said that that the people around you never gave up on you, so you didn't. And I think that's so important that we make that connection. When students are having such a hard time in education, we shouldn't shut down and lose patience and throw them out because, you know, suspensions are extremely high in this country. Um, they always throw the kids out of the school. We should really try to seek to understand them right. and work with them, you know, like meet the kids where they at.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: It's so important, because if we don't, we will not have more of you in the world today. We need more of you.
1: (laughs) Thank you.
0: I mean, seriously, I've learned a lot about your story, you know, um, what you've been through personally. You've opened up a lot, and I I thank God for your life, the, the things that you've shared, the abuse, the sadness, and then how you've overcome that with all the different rewards that you've given and the different organizations that you've been a part of. It's just a success story, an untold story that many students won't have, you know? Right. so it's so important that we have these conversations and that's why I'm happy you reached out. And I look forward to coming onto your podcast and talking as well, because if we don't reach out and we don't start um, really working with our students in our educational system, we're gonna continue to lose them.
1: Yeah, and what helped me in college was as a part of that aesthetic group, Boundaries Club, uh, Mental Health Advocacy was Active Minds and Social Skills Group, Conflict Resolution Group, Healthy Manhood Club, Meditation Club. These were all clubs facilitated by my therapist, who has in therapy twice a week in college for three and a half years. By the way, I was the first person to graduate my family from college under three and a half years as my one of my uncles did four years, so I did two and a half. And I was able cool. to do uh, these summer school sessions where you had to pass the class to be able to go out of the country so you won't be offending people. Right. So that's how I was able to see the Queen Elizabeth chariot ride by. I was able to see Pope Francis and the wow.
0: Look at that. Look, that is so amazing that all those doors opened up and most people see that stuff on TV. They don't not, not, yeah. not, not, not experience it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so and you are famous in your own right. That is so amazing.
1: That's been um, told to me. The famous person told to me since childhood. Like, you're, 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 I, because I thought I was supposed to be a private person. But I, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your reaction. That says it all. Woo! <laughs>
0: no, not really. You there's nothing. Because you, you have such a powerful testimony. I want to just tell you that, that keeping that private would not be your purpose in life. Like your purpose yes. is to really share. So that's why I'm so proud of you about this podcast. It's like a stepping stone of you speaking your story. And so many people like sit in silence and I'm like, man, you could be helping so many people and um, not knowing you that well, but I know this much about you. You want to help other people. You want to see other people be successful. You don't want people yeah. to go through pain and suffering like you did. So it's like right. bravo for you to do the podcast, bravo for you to be like getting involved like this. Nothing's private yeah. about your well, you have your own private life, but your story, <laughs> it cannot be private anymore. Cause you are really helping other people. I mean, it, it sometimes it's pressure, but honestly. I really have enjoyed interviewing you today and talking with you because the boldness has really helped me. But it's also going to help a lot of people that's going to listen to this podcast. And so I like to get clarity: Are we
1: friends, colleagues? What's your? We are ve- we are friends, okay? I, I listen.
0: <laughs> appreciate you coming on, sharing your stories like you a brother that I did I didn't know I had. Okay, uh, okay. I really appreciate your. We are colleagues, we're friends, and we share stories of the world. I mean, there's so much going on in our world. And we have, even though you and I may have different perspectives on different things because of our different experiences, I definitely appreciate the work that you're doing. And I really appreciate you coming on to the (laughs) Bill Reese Teach podcast. You've really, really helped me think about some things differently today.
1: You're welcome. He said, brother, from, you know, I'm, Now open to having believers in family because there are some who would say or your family, but they're either hard to reach, yeah, or nowhere to be found. But what the difference between you and them is you're a mature Christian. Mm -hmm. Christians make life brand for you. Like, why couldn't I meet more? You know, I was really going through it, I was younger. (laughs) <laughs> yes
0: I know right I I know and it, everything is in due time so we will be talking again I know hopefully one day we will be able to meet with COVID-19 you got everybody in lockdown so I yeah, look we forward were. to you doing work and I am going to continue to just encourage you to keep going keep doing your podcast keep speaking your truth and um definitely keep telling your story because it matters
1: thank you so is it okay for a family? Because I don't think he would fizzle out on me. Uh, <laughs> no, yes, we are family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that is
0: so sweet. Thank you. I'm doing a hard for those that are listening to the podcast. I'm doing a hard to my friend here. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for sharing your story. This 45 minutes of us talking has been so powerful. And I look forward to everybody giving us feedback on the podcast. Definitely go ahead and check out Antonio Myers. What is the name of your podcast so people can check it out?
1: Antonio uh, Time Daily.
0: All right. You heard it from here. All right. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the Bill Reach Teach podcast. Until next time, please be safe. Be sure to check out Antonio Myers' podcast. Thank you for tuning in.